Before we get into today's episode, I'm thrilled to announce a brand new opportunity to work together. You asked and I listened. You wanted a cost-effective, complete guide on how to transition to plant-based, and that is exactly what I've created. It's an easy-to-follow video-guided system that will basically make it feel like I am right there in your living room supporting you along the way. The course, Positively Plant-Based, it launches Monday, October 25th. Early bird pricing will be available for the first 48 hours, so stay tuned for more details, and thank you so much for the opportunity to work together. Now let's get to the show. Welcome back to the show. My name is Ashley, and I'm here today with Kuhn, who is going to share his story, and I just said his because there aren't a lot of guys in this space when it comes to intuitive eating, which we're going to talk more about, but Kuhn has just an incredible story to share when it comes to just his own journey of, of nutrition and exercise and t- just tapping into this world of intuitive eating, which you know I talk a lot about, um, so I can't wait to share his story. We met on social media, which is, I feel like, how I meet a lot of people these days, which is fantastic, um, so welcome to the show, Kuhn. Thank you so much for having me today, Ashley. Yes. So I, I just want to dive right in because I've heard a little bit about your story and I can't wait to you, for you to share it with people listening, um, but kind of take us back to the beginning and walk us through sort of how you arrived to where you're at now. I always like sharing this story because I think it's it can resonate with a lot of people. And my, my relationship with food wasn't always what it is today, right? Like, I think that's where a lot of us coaches or whatever, like I start from Uh, like a place of where things didn't go like we wanted them to go and for me like especially growing up as a kid uh, I was like what they would call like a fuzzy eater right like I was very picky with food I didn't really like a lot of different things so dinner time was like always like a constant battle like every every meal time there was like dad telling me that uh, I had to finish my plate and I had to try and mom telling like negotiating and telling me like what is okay and it was just always, always a drama, always, uh, always stress and always a struggle. So food, the, the foods that I did eat and my favorite thing in the world was like uh, Nutella sandwiches, like white bread with Nutella. Yeah. And um, so food became like escapism also. Food became really like a, a way to comfort myself. Obviously, that didn't really contribute to a really healthy relationship with food. And also that didn't really contribute to me being able to deal and uh, like handle my emotions in a healthy way. So I had a lot of trouble with that growing up, especially as like a teenager. I was quite, um, yeah, what's the right word for that? Like rebellish. Uh, I did all sorts of different things uh, like you can imagine. And yeah, just also that carried in well into my 20s, mid 20s. I uh, had a quite successful career in retail management, which was a super intense, super stressful job, working 50 hours easily a week, living off literally like I woke up with a can of Red Bull, I smoked a package of cigarettes a day. I often chose cigarettes over uh, over having a meal, like literally because I was so stressed out. And the foods that I did eat was basically just ready-made stuff that I would pick up in the supermarket, frozen pizzas and all of that kind of amazing, uh, nutritious foods. <laughs> uh, so yeah, and then besides that, because of being like so stressed out, I was just very short-tempered. I was like a total pain in the ass, literally. And yeah, my relationship with food and my relationship with myself was just, yeah, I was just very poor. And that whole like destructive kind of lifestyle also led me to have a burnout when I was just 25. And that was a really eye-opening experience because not only I lost my job, prior to that, uh, a long-term relationship came to an end. So suddenly I was this 25-year-old dude standing in his kitchen 
crying my eyes out and literally realizing, wow, like what have I been doing with my life? And that was just such an eye-opening experience because I literally wasn't eating any vegetables, basically like a paprika and an onion, and that's where it ended. And I was just like, wow, like how how I'm gonna change this? Where I'm where I'm gonna start? Yeah. I had no idea at first. Yeah. And it sounds yeah. like a lot of these issues like and, and struggles like really stemmed from childhood with like kind of being, like you said, like a fussy eater and, and battling kind of negotiating with your parents on, you know, well, I don't want to finish my meal, but you have to finish your meal, you know, and we see that a lot of like, you know, the clean mm-hmm. plate club. We see that a lot, especially with intuitive eating. It's, it's hard to go from being maybe forced as a kid to finish your plate to all of a sudden now we're trying to teach you how to listen to your body and not eat past fullness <laughs> yeah. and all that kind of stuff. So it can get a little hairy. Yeah. Yeah. It's- uh, that's that's a big food rule i shared something about that on social media the other day as well like how basically all of us got told that we had to finish our plate else we could not leave the table or we wouldn't get dessert uh, like or we would be like kind of like shamed into it even like uh, like being told what about the kids in africa you be grateful that you even have food i know that our parents like they always have the best interests in yes. you right like they don't come from a place of hate or whatever they just want you to finish your plate they just want you to be healthy to me i learned that there's also no judgment towards that but it did take quite some years to to get in that position And also because, especially when I started that journey to realize like, okay, standing in my kitchen, not eating vegetables, not being healthy, what am I going to do right now to become really intuitive? That was a whole struggle as well, because I had low self-esteem. I lost the job where I had basically been working on for like 10 years. And I was like, who am I actually? Right. So I had like, I had like a quarter life crisis literally at that point. And so I just thought like, okay, the one thing that I know what I can do is just get healthier. I like get fit, go to the gym, do all the things. And I was already going to the gym quite often, but I wasn't really getting a lot of results from that. Also because of how my whole lifestyle was set up, right? Of course. Yeah. So then fitness became the escapism. Then I thought like, okay, if I'm just going to get super fit and I'm going to get shredded and I'm going to get the apps, then I will be happier. Right? I don't know, I'll feel good about myself. I will feel confident. And that worked for like a microsecond. And then it backfired even harder than how I felt before. And then I had another breakdown. And yeah, and then I realized, okay, well, if that also doesn't work, then what to do next? And I truly believe that if you put yourself out there, if you step outside your comfort zone, the universe is going to help you. And that is going to come things in your, in your way, things on your path that are just helping you to get further. And I um, met a really good friend of mine who gave me the book, The Alchemist mm. uh, by, uh, how is it called? Paulo Coelho uh, okay. as, as a writer, right? And that was one of, was such an eye-opening experience for me. And that's really where I started to learn how to go more inside and let go of all the food rules, stop tracking, stop being so obsessed with how I looked and how much I weighed and stepping on the scale and all of these different things. And I actually didn't really realize until maybe like a year and a half ago that that whole process, what I was doing is what they now call intuitive eating. Yes. That's so amazing. You just somehow like you arrived at it, but it took a lot of inner work on your part. And then you're like, oh wait, intuitive eating is actually, it's, it's something like it exists and I'm already doing it. Yeah. 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 Because yeah. I did a podcast myself with an intuitive eating coach, like a little over a year ago. 
And she was telling all of these different things. And I'm like, I was just like, what, what is she all saying? Like, yes. this sounds so familiar. And uh, a whole new world opened up for me. And then I, that's what, how I realized, oh, wow, that's actually what I have been going through my whole life myself and been intuitively yeah. doing as a solution. And now I have the opportunity to help people do the same, which is so amazing to me. Yes, yes, it's a beautiful thing. And I think one of the the big challenges to what you're talking about is going from that place where you're in the kitchen, you've just lost your job, you've lost long-term relationship, you've realized that, wow, the way that I'm eating is not sustainable. It's making me sick. You know, I'm stressed out to the max. A lot of people, maybe not to that extreme, but are in a similar situation where it's like, what I'm doing is not working. I need to do this inner work or figure out just something different because I know that what I'm doing is not sustainable. And so mm-hmm. how did you sort of start taking those steps forward? Because those first few steps can be the hardest of like, okay, what I'm doing is not working. I've got to do some, some inner work and change some things around. Yeah. Yeah. Well, like I would say that the approach that I took back down would be really different than uh, like all the knowledge that I acquired and how I help people do it now. But I think one thing is still very similar in that it is, that's always going to be trial and error. And you got to have like patience and accept that not everything is going to go well. Right. So you got to be kind to yourself. I think that that's Mm. one of the key things that I really took out out of that personal journey is that like I was transitioning to going vegetarian back then. It was like five years ago. And I came at a point where I just wanted to like ditch dairy because I always had a lot of acne and I knew that that was going to be one of the main things and I really struggled with my, my gut as well. So I really knew that that was going to be one of the main things. If I would let go of dairy, then it would be so much easier. I would really clear up my skin and everything. So, but I found that really difficult because it's a lot of like cheese was kind of like my way to get more vegetables in because I would just literally like roast them till nothingness and just Ooh, yeah. load them with cheese. So I just allowed myself to take that step, even though I knew that that wasn't really what I wanted to do in order for me to take a step forward. So I was increasing the amounts of vegetables, reducing the amount of cheese. And I was doing the same with like smoothies. At first, I would literally put like four leaves of spinach in there and I would have to hold my nose and I would almost (laughs) gag because I got so disgusted by it. And eventually I just was putting less bananas and less sweet and more spinach and started to add things like spirulina and I like really started to challenge myself but the amount of times that I stood two hours in the kitchen throw three meals away flush down two smoothies like I cannot even count them like I don't even know how many times that happened and I think that that's that's gonna happen that's gonna that's gonna be part of the part of the journey so if you do this then yeah, I think it's really important for yourself to be to be okay with that and to be kind to yourself and not judge like everything that potentially go wrong because I think it's also part of it's it's part of the journey, but it's also it's also necessary. Yes, absolutely. And it sounds like that that kindness, showing yourself, extending yourself kindness and compassion, like really allowed you in a way to be successful to get to where you're at today versus being harsh on yourself or, you know, beating yourself up for what you were doing, because you're, I mean, mm-hmm. you kind of, you went from one extreme to the other. I mean, what you're doing now, obviously it's very obvious. It's very aligned with, you know, what, what you value and what you want to be doing. True. Yeah. That's so true. Like now I would recommend people to 
like definitely do it different. There's definitely more structure in place. It took me a long time to get where I, where I am. I tried all different kinds of things and formulas and I went to super raw phases and I went to super fasting phases and all these kind of different things, which some helped, some distanced me from my relationship with food. Some mm-hmm. helped me to get more mental clarity but others helped less and others made it sometimes worse. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep, absolutely. Yeah. I watched a reel that you did recently where you're looking in the fridge, you're, you know, kind of making a joke of, uh, not listening to your hunger cues, even though you're hungry and trying to like ignore them. And I thought that was really profound because yeah. that's a big part of the fasting world too, is kind of ignoring some of those cues. And I know that's yeah. something with intuitive eating that you definitely work on a lot yeah and you know the thing is it's like i'm actually a big fan of fasting i say that honestly i've been doing intermittent fasting for a very long time basically since the beginning and it has for me been really one of the tools to actually learn to listen to my body but i know that that's not going to be the way for the majority of people mm-hmm. um, because for the majority of people it's just another restriction it's just another rule yeah. while i actually saw it as like oh wow I have never been a breakfast person. And now I finally understand why I'm not because my body is telling me that I'm not a breakfast person. For me, eating later in the morning suddenly became intuitive. Mm -hmm. However, that then fell into that intermittent fasting schedule. And obviously that was like a very trendy thing to do a couple of years back. And I think the wave is now coming back up again. So I was happy to jump on that. But now realizing what that actually did for me was just that it created more awareness around first of all my relationship with food my attachment to food and also it learned me actually to listen and I think that that's one of the biggest mistakes that people make when they try intermittent fasting or fasting in general is that they forget to listen Mm. so they start ignoring the signals because I have to look at the clock and it's not 12 hours yet and right that that completely defies the point I think of building a healthy relationship with your body and food yeah Yeah, definitely. Intuitive eating, again, kind of going from where you were, Kuhn, with like your relationship with food many, many years ago to where you're at now, obviously it's very, very different. So people who are maybe in a similar situation that you were in where listening to hunger fullness cues, it's like, eh, you know, I don't know. And I don't really know what my body's telling me. I don't know what feels good and what doesn't, I don't know what is making me sluggish or what's making me feel energetic. How do you, what are like some tangible tools or even things that you would go back and tell yourself of like steps that you can take to just be a bit more present, a bit more in touch with what your body is trying to tell you? Mm, Yeah. Great question. Well, I think journey starts a little bit before that. I'm a, I'm a big fan of Colleen Christensen from like No Food Rules. So that's like my main source of information. Like I soak up everything that she does. And she shared a post like uh, quite recently where she said, intuitive eating isn't intuitive at first. Yes. And wow. I, that was really, really eye-opening because the thing with intuitive eating is that it only works if you really know how to listen but most of us we come from a damaged place right we come from a damaged body we come from diet mentality diet mindset diet culture so we have all these food rules that are basically like preventing us to listen like the intermittent fasting rule i have to eat at this time and i cannot eat at that time and uh, carbs at this time make me gain weight and i have to finish my plate so we're basically doing all making all these decisions based on rules, external rules, instead of internal rules or internal information. So a big part of the intuitive eating process at first is not intuitive. 
it's um, first of all, learning how to get your body back to its normal uh, metabolism, which is a really important part of it because ignoring those uh, hunger and fullness signals, what a lot of people experience is that in Brikun, I just don't feel hungry or Brikun, I, I, I never really feel satisfied. That's because like, there's many reasons, but it's because we have been ignoring and not listening too long. So the first thing that we actually often need is structure and the structure is going to help us to listen. So if you struggle with uh, hunger and fullness signals and you're not really sure where to start with, start first of all planning your meals. Have set times. Uh, have, a, have a breakfast at eight or at nine if that's, if that's a better time for you. Have a lunch at one or two. Uh, have, a, have a dinner at five or six. Uh, because the intuitive journey to me is all about collecting data, collecting information. And the more information you get, the easier it gets to make different decisions. So having that structure can then allow you to start to ask questions by, for example, keeping a little food journal for yourself. Ask yourself, when did I eat? What did I eat? Where did I eat? Ask yourself, how hungry was I before I started eating? On a scale of like zero to 10 and zero being not hungry at all, 10 being completely starving. Ask yourself, if there are maybe certain thoughts or feelings or rules that are coming up before, during, and after your meal. And then obviously as well, like how I'm feeling after. So start collecting that data so that from that space on, you can start making different, different decisions. Oh, that meal I had at eight o'clock this morning, I was actually not hungry at all. So maybe let's try tomorrow, half an hour later, see how that feels. Oh, now I was actually pretty hungry. I was like at, at, at six. So, okay, maybe 8.30 is better for me. Right. And then you don't need that fixed rule anymore. You just know that around that time you learn how to listen. So structure, I think, is always a really important first step for the majority of the people. Let me say it like that. And then the second one, and that's probably one of the biggest ones, really breaking through the food rules, mm. breaking and uh, stop listening to the to the food police. <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah, that you're right though. That's a really tough one for people is breaking some of those rules that they either had as a kid or that they've learned via diet culture. It is really, it's, it's tough to challenge those rules that we mm -hmm. carry around with us. Yeah, absolutely. So that's also why I like to have like some structure with that as well, because if you have that structure in place, it becomes a lot easier. A change, I always say comes through awareness. So the more aware about the rules, the more aware about like the triggers and the, the, the tendencies that you have, the easier everything gets. Yeah. So yeah. I always say like the first part is like to recognize, recognize what are the food rules? What are the triggers? Or like what, what is triggering the rule or what is triggering the, the emotional eating or the binge eating? Or what is triggering you to suppress your emotions through food, for example? And what's that tendency? How does that look like? Will I go to the supermarket? Will I open my fridge? What happens in my body? Because the more you can start to recognize these, these patterns and these triggers, the easier it then gets to stop yourself from actually doing it. But this is always the first part. Yeah. And then as well, it's like to just be able to accept them, right? As long as you are in this, in this battle mode, on the battlefield and you're like that's not good and that's not good and i shouldn't do this and i shouldn't do that it's creating only more friction and from that friction comes more negative energy so you need to be able to just say okay this happened that's okay there's nothing wrong with that that just is what can i do now to change it yeah. and then i think the last two steps is learning how to recognize where it is coming from 
So where did you pick up that rule or where did you pick up that, that tendency or that trigger? Is that something from a childhood trauma or is that something from all the media and uh, fashion magazines that you've been reading all your life? And then the last part is like, how can I change this in, into a positive? So for example, a common food rule, I cannot, carbs are going to make me, make me fat or I cannot uh, eat after 8 p.m. You can change that into something like, I learn how to listen to my body and if I'm hungry, I eat no matter the time. Yeah. Or I eat what feels good no matter the time of the day. I like figure something out that resonates with you. But there's so many easy and clever ways how you can change those food rules. And then the last part, which is really important about uh, establishing like new beliefs, is that you're going to find evidence for that. Because just saying it doesn't uh, like finalize it. So you have to go out there and test these things, try them out, uh, challenge your food rules sit with your plate without distraction, uh, eat those foods for yourself that are off limit, eat that food that you're not supposed to. And that's really where I think everything comes together. So beautiful. Oh my goodness. <laughs> I love it so much. You're like preaching and I hope you listening. It, I love what Kuhn said at the beginning is like so much of this, obviously, yes, it's very hyper individualized and also to so much of it in the beginning, especially is just creating that awareness that you were talking about, which can take a lot of time and, and a lot of digging too. Yeah. Yeah. It can definitely be a lot of digging, but I am a firm believer of that. The relationship with food is a reflection of the relationship with yourself. Mm. So if you don't heal what's going on, like the root cause of things, then it's very difficult to heal the relationship with food. Yeah. Because they were, they are counterparts of each other. So, but also on the other hand, if you heal the relationship with food, you heal a part of yourself. But sometimes I feel that we want to get too many answers. And I think it's kind of like a human thing. If you ask the brain, oh, what other problem is there? It will always find something, right? It will always find something to fix. So where I see that this, uh, a lot of benefit is actually learning how to deal with your triggers and emotions in the, in the moment. Because I think that that's where a lot of the power lays. Uh, like our, our habits, our, our, how we deal with stress, our emotions, they influence the majority of our actions. Mm. So if you are able to become aware about the triggers, like stop yourself from the tendency that you want to do, then the unconscious habits are no longer an unconscious habit because you know what is happening, right? So it's, it's, you're aware of it. Yeah, and that yeah. basically already creates a solution. So sometimes we want to dig too much and we want to get too many answers while the answer just lays right here in this moment. Oh, <laughs> so good. <laughs> oh my goodness. It's just, it's so powerful. And it's just such a beautiful thing. Cause also too, I love that you said that like this, I mean, it's taken you years to get here. This isn't something that happened overnight. This isn't just a switch that was flipped. And all of a sudden you're just, you're in this beautiful relationship with yourself and with food. It, it, it takes time, which I think is also really great to recognize. Absolutely. And sometimes still things come up. Yeah. It's a, it's a lifelong journey. Yes. Uh, like uh, health is not just uh, a sprint. Uh, that you uh, did you do for 30 days or for 60 days uh, we've done those things that's exactly the reason why we're in the situation that we are so we just gotta learn that this is just a lifelong thing and uh, every yeah. day is a new day every meal is a new opportunity every moment is a new opportunity and i think that that's uh, that's the beauty of the of the process also 
Yeah. Oh, it really is. Oh my goodness. Kuhn, thank you so much for sharing your journey and just sharing your wisdom too, and relationship with your journey. It's just such a beautiful thing. And I really do appreciate it. Oh, <laughs> thank you so much. Really my pleasure to be here today. Yeah. So if, if someone is listening and wants to connect with you, where would the best place for them to do that? Absolutely. So I would say Instagram is probably the main platform where I'm at, uh, at the vegan Academy. So Instagram.com slash the vegan Academy. But they can always check out my website as well, which is uh, theveganacademy.com. Yes. And we are including both of those in the show links um, or in the show notes. And also to, yeah, definitely go give Kuhn a follow because he's always putting out just really valuable information related to his journey, intuitive eating. Um, he creates some fun reels. So it's definitely, yeah, some really valuable information over there. So definitely go give him a follow. Really appreciate it, Ashley. Thank you so much for having me today. All right. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to the Plant-Centered and Thriving Podcast today. If you found this episode inspiring, please share it with a friend or post it on social media and tag me so I can personally say thank you. Until next time, keep thriving.